I'd like to speak on the subject again of not perfect present, not perfect, just present. The word present is, a, is an interesting word in the English language. I was thinking about how many signs there are for the word present, or we could even pronounce it present. They're spelled the same way, present, present, um, and there's multiple signs for it in concept. And I looked it up, and there's over 65 definitions for the, the, the English word P-R-E-S-E-N-T. 65 definitions. And was that a noise? Did y'all hear that too? Okay, I just want to make sure. I, I hear noises nowadays. I hit my head so much playing football, so just want to make sure y'all heard that too. Um, but there's over 65 definitions. 65 definitions of the word present, present, and so on. And as I was thinking about this message and looking at this context here, I I fear that so many Christians today have, are holding back from reaching their potential because they feel like they haven't adhered to some other Christian's standard for where they should be before they can serve God. In other words, some think that you should be a church member for three years or five years. In other words, they put some kind of a measuring stick before they think you are worthy of service. Now, don't misunderstand me. I know that you're not just going to, a guy gets saved and two weeks later he's passing in church. That's very rare. People think it's odd that I was pastoring a church less than four years after salvation, uh, but God does work in mysterious ways that way. I'm not saying that. However, may I remind you that in the book of John, we see numerous stories and illustrations of people who met Jesus for the first time and immediately got busy. The woman at the well is one of my favorite ones, a woman caught in the act of adultery. The disciples, as soon as Jesus called them for the first time, they immediately went. You know, what did Andrew do? He first findeth his brother. And so sometimes I feel like we are holding back or we miss out on the opportunities to see the blessings that God has for us. And, and may I just say this statement, and I say this very humbly, to be used of God, what a privilege that is. It's one thing to have God save you, and it's one thing to have God bless us, but then to say, well, God's decided to use my life to be a blessing and a help to somebody else. We live in a very odd society today where everything's self-centered. We have become a one-way street relationship with God, meaning God owes us. We have become entitled in our thinking toward God. And may I say to you today, may I challenge you, it's a challenge I challenge myself on a regular basis, that we should also realize that it should become more of a two-way street. Oh, there's going to be a whole lot more traffic coming this direction, but I should sure try to go this direction too toward God. I should try to be a blessing to him for as, and very, it'll be pale compared to the blessing he has been to me. As Brother Bedwell just saying, he's right, God is there. God has been so good to us. And so many times we think that we have to be perfect, arrived, or at some kind of a level before God will use us. And I want to encourage you today that that's not true. The word perfect in English, modern day English, means to be without flaw. But biblically speaking, it typically means to be complete. It means to be complete. For example, a freshman in college is not a perfected college student yet. But once he graduates and walks across the platform and moves a tassel and receives his degree, he is now a perfect graduate, meaning he has completed that which was before him, and now he is a perfect college graduate. That does not mean he's going to automatically be successful, but he has completed something. He has arrived to a level of completion, and Christians should strive for that. We should try to complete our lives on a regular basis. We should try to be different this year than we were last year. Society is teaching us that mankind is going downward. The morality of man is going down, and you see that in Christianity. It's trickled into our churches. The things we believe and the things we stood for 20 years ago are already being replaced by more modern ideology today. May I encourage you today, it's not time to be like that. It's time to complete and continue to perfect. But having said that today, God loves people, watch this now, that are just present. 
that are just present. I'll give you some examples of that today. Moses wasn't a great leader yet, but he was present when he saw the burning bush. David was not a king, but he was present enough to kill a giant. Mary wasn't the mother of Jesus yet, but she was present enough to be found faithful by God to give birth to his son. Peter wasn't leading the church yet and preaching and 3,000 souls get saved, but he was present enough to walk on water. Saul was not Paul yet, but he testified of Jesus because he was present. John had not written Revelation, yet he stayed close enough that the Bible says he laid his head on the bosom of Jesus Christ and called himself the beloved, the one that Jesus loves. But John, he loves everybody. That is true, but he loves me. He made it personal. He was present. In fact, John was even present at the foot of the cross, and I guarantee you that greatly benefited his Christian life and maybe had something to do with why he ended up not becoming a martyr and lived so much longer than all the other disciples. Many Christians today are missing out on miracles. Many Christians are talking of years old, like, why isn't God doing today what he did back then? But many times that answer can be solved by this simple concept. Be present. Be present. When God sends you a burning bush, be there when the burning bush starts burning. When God needs somebody to kill a giant, be there when it's time to kill a giant. That's the first thing today, and I want you to notice that in our context here. In Luke chapter 17, the first thing, we're going to use the adjective definition of present, which means to be there. It means to be here. The definition means to be there. How many of you were public school kids growing up? I was a public school kid all my life, and uh, man, I loved it. It was a blessing, praise the Lord. But how many of you remember those teachers that always took roll call every single morning, and they would call your name, and they would always go in alphabetical order, and I hated the first day of school because my name is... Randolph Swain Indignant. That's just a weird name. You can tell I had deaf parents. Kids used to sing a song, Randolph the Red-Faced Dignan. You know, I mean, I got gotten fights over that. And uh, my parents were obviously deaf. They named me and my brother weird names, the two hearing kids, Randolph Swain Dignan, Nicholas Alvin Dignan. Then they gave their deaf daughter a normal name, Jennifer Sarah. What, what are you, come on, Mom, Dad. What's going on here, man? Talk about discriminating against your hearing children, right? But anyway, sorry, Dad. But anyway, it's true. So Randolph Swain Dignan, and immediately the first day of school, I was always ready for it. Randolph, man, that, Randy's just fine. You can call me Randy. But then the teacher would say, uh, uh, so-and-so here, so-and-so here, so-and-so here. And then there was always that one kid that would say, present. How many of y'all remember that? And I remember one teacher would get mad because he thought this kid was being a smart aleck. Why didn't you say here? Well, ma'am, I'm present. I'm trying to speak more proper English. And, she, and he, was, he was an idiot, okay? I knew the guy. He was being an idiot, okay? He just was. I knew the guy. But it always made us laugh because you'd hear a chorus of 15 to 20 years and all of a sudden, out of the blue, present. But the fact of the matter is, as many times God is calling our name, but he doesn't hear the word present. He doesn't hear the word hear. This isn't a message about being faithful to church, although that's a, that's, boy, that's something we could use again in America. It might make America a better place, but that's not the message today. The message is simply being present enough that you hear his voice or you are there when he happens to be passing by. 
The adjective definition is to be present. It means to be here. It means to be where he's coming. They were present. So many Christians miss out. Look at verse 11 again. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They may have been afar off, but at least they were present. They, were, they had to be afar off because they were lepers. They had this horrible disease. And if you don't know much about leprosy, Brother Chris Harris mentioned it last week in his powerful message. You can Google pictures if you you have a, if you don't have a weak stomach, don't do it. But they were lepers. They had to yell unclean. They had to yell unclean. But they were present this particular day. They were there when Jesus is coming by. They were there when Jesus was about to do a miracle. And can I say to you, boy, I want to be there when Jesus does a miracle. I want to be present when he does something big. I want to be there. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. It's October 1st. It's 2023, preacher. Don't you know how discouraging it is? Don't you know how dark the world is? Don't you know how negative and critical it is out there? It's not exactly a day where Christians are embraced, it doesn't matter. My God's not dead. He's still alive. He's still on his throne. He's still the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm not discouraged. I'm excited. Why? Because I can anticipate great things, but I got to be present. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be complete. I just want to be present with a slingshot and five smooth stones. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to have arrived, and I have not arrived, but I want to be there when the bush catch on fire. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be complete. I don't have to be arrived. But I want to be there when the angel comes and tells me that I, well, he's not going to tell me I'm going to have a baby. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. In adjective form, present. I'm present. He's calling my name. Randy, I want to be here. Randy, present. Randy, here. Janelle, here. Brielle, here. Clara, here. Brother George, here. Brother George has been present many times for those miracles. Thank God for faithful people who are just present, and they're able to go out and tell people, look what happened to me because I was present. That's where it all starts. Don't miss this now. The woman at the well was present. The man by the pool was present. He, he really had no choice, but he was present. Again, as you study all through the Gospels, and you see miracles, even the Old Testament, miracles of God. Listen, a miracle can't be performed unless somebody was present. Now, the most important person has to be present, Jesus Christ, because he's the miracle worker. What is a miracle? A miracle is something that man cannot explain. A miracle is something that only God can do. And so we know that God is capable. We know that God is able. But I wonder sometimes, I just wonder if the reason we don't see as many miracles is there's not as many people present anymore. These 10 lepers were present. Number two, they got healed. So Jesus says, go show or go present yourselves to the, to the priest. He says, go, go, go to the priest. He says it there in verse number 14. He said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. Go present yourselves. That's what he's saying. So they do. They, they obey him and they go present themselves unto Jesus, or to the priest. The Bible says, though, one of them thought, you know what? We have presented ourselves to the priest based on Old Testament law. And the priests now have seen that we are clean. And once the priest says you are clean, they can integrate back into society. They can go back to their families. They can go back to their neighborhoods. I mean, imagine being a leper for however extended length of time they were and not being able to hug your child or your spouse or be able to go back to your house. Because even if leprosy was in a house, that house was practically condemned. I mean, leprosy was horrible. And they presented themselves to the priest. They obeyed God, but don't miss this now. Nine of them went on with their lives. They were excited, but one of them said, you know what? I don't want to be just present now, but now it's time for the verb definition of it, I need to go back and present myself to the miracle worker. I'm going to present myself. I'm going to stand before him. In fact, when I get close to him, I'm going to fall on my face. That is the verb activity. Listen, once we are present and we see God do a miracle, 
I hope everybody in this building has been saved by the grace of God. I hope everybody in this building knows of a time in your life when you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. We had one get saved last Sunday. What a blessing, amen. That was awesome. And I thank the Lord for that. We've had numerous people get saved lately, and we rejoice in that. Another prison report of salvations. Thank God for salvation. You have to be present to get saved. But so many Christians are satisfied and content at that point, and they miss out on the privilege and opportunity to come back to Jesus and now say, I'm here to present myself to you. I'm here to present I'm here to stand before you. I want to present activity, action word, verb, myself to you. Look at verse number 15 there of Luke chapter 17. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, turned back. He, he, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face. He turned back and said, I've got to go present myself to Jesus Christ. He's the one that healed me. It's not the priest. I'm going to get their approval. I'm going to get their blessing. I'm going to get their authority. But when it's all said and done, I was present when I was healed. Now it's my time to go back to him and present myself to him. The greatest decision of my life was a decision to be saved. Absolutely no doubt about that. One of the great decisions of my life was marrying that beautiful woman in the front row, and I thank the Lord for that. But in the top five, somewhere in there, top ten for sure, maybe even top five, it was the day I decided to present myself to God. I didn't know he'd call me to preach. If you'd have told me when I was 16 or 17 years old, the age of many of these teenagers I preached to, that I would be an old, old-fashioned, shouting, cartwheeling, spitting, devil-cussing preacher, I'd have said, you crazy. That ain't me. I didn't even know what a Baptist really was. I was sprinkled as a baby, baptized three times. But when I got saved, when I got saved in the presence of God, when the Lord Jesus Christ became my personal Savior, I'm sorry, I'm talking about salvation right here. Y'all can wake up a little bit. Do I need to get that? Somebody stole my shotgun already. Pew, pew. Hey, I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about something we've heard over and over again and much of this world has never heard. I'm talking about go back to that day when Jesus Christ became your personal Savior, when the Son of God called your name out and said, I'll forgive you of all your sins. I'm going to love you. I died on the cross for you. I rose again for you. I care about you. You are important to me. You are significant to me. So much so that even as a gentle, listen, this guy's a Samaritan. At least he's got some Jewish blood in him. I have no Jewish blood in me. I thank God he still came to where I was. He still shed his blood for me. He died for me. He saved me. You better believe I'm going to present myself to him. It's the least I can do. Wow, what a blessing it is. Present is more important than perfect. Being present is more important than being complete. And then presenting yourself. Now we're at next level Christianity. Again, this is not something that takes a genius mind to do. I heard a preacher preach a split session one time years ago that I'll never forget. And I use it a lot of times when I talk to young teenagers who are struggling because they, they're not in the in crowd of Christianity. They didn't grow up in a good home maybe or their mom or dad is in jail. Or, and a preacher preached one time on a message to the, to the only guys in a teen session, I shouldn't be here. And he mentioned me, he said, Brother Randy shouldn't be here. And he made the point that so many times in life, somebody was supposed to be in my place, but they didn't show up. And the only thing I knew to do, because I wasn't very smart, I wasn't very well-versed, I didn't know much Bible, I didn't know much about life, I didn't know the Bible like I know it today, and I still got a long way to go. I didn't understand where God was going to take me with it. But I knew one thing. God did something big in my life. God's saving my soul. And I don't care if he called me to preach. I don't care if he wanted me to be a missionary. I don't care if he wanted me to be a faithful businessman, a millionaire. Still willing to be that God. Still willing to be that God. I mean, I mean, I don't care what he wanted me to do just to present myself to God. 
many of our, you soldiers, you veterans that have served our country, you know what I'm talking about. You were present and then you presented yourself and you defended our country and you've made a difference and we're still a free country. We're still a blessed nation in spite of our failed leadership all across the board from the White House to the mayor's houses across this country. We still are blessed. We still have freedom. We still have the opportunities that most of this world don't have. Why? Because our soldiers presented themselves and made a difference and they still do in our lives as free Americans. May I say to you as Christians today, we can make an even bigger difference if we realize the presence of God and then say, God, I'm here. I'm present. I'm at your service. What would you like me to do? It doesn't matter how young you are, like Mary, who might have been 14, 15, or 16 years old, or Moses, who was 80 years old when he saw the burning bush. God's not worried about your age. He's not worried about your background. He's not worried about your education. He's not worried about how much money you got. He wants somebody that'll say, wow, I realize what God did for me. I begin to understand and comprehend his salvation. I'll never completely comprehend it, but wow, wow, wow. Here I am, Lord, what you want from me? To present yourself. And then number three, the noun word. (laughs) Present. Present. Luke 17, verse 15, look at me here. The Bible says in verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet. Oh, my. What's the next word? Giving. Can I ask you a question? Has God ever given you something? Has God ever given you something? Watch what the Bible says here. The Bible actually says we can give him something back. We can give him something back. That's what the Bible says right here, right? Watch this again. It says, and he fell down face at his feet, giving him money, giving him talents, giving him charisma and charm. No, he gave him thanks. Thanks. Giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, where are there not nine, ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Watch this. Brother George loves this passage. Here. We've talked about this many times, Brother George. There are not found that return to give glory to God. Where are the nine, he asks. Uh, but save this stranger. Watch this. He calls him a stranger because in this particular context, he is. He's a Samaritan, which means he's a stranger. But watch what Jesus says next. And he said to him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now you're not a stranger anymore. You're in the family. They were cleansed. They were healed. That's physical healing. When you're made whole, that's spiritual healing. He got in. Jesus became his personal savior. All because he presented himself. He came back and Jesus, Jesus says, you're not a stranger anymore to me. Because he gave him a gift. Listen to me. You don't have to give gifts to get salvation. But after salvation, we sure can give gifts. To give gifts. Some of you have heard this illustration, but we got some new people here. My wife and I are fast approaching 50. One sooner than the other. Ooh, I got that stern look. That's okay. She's got an activity. Me and Claire are going on a date. When she turned 40 years old, she said, I don't want to have any birthday parties, no big deals, no nothing. Just, just let me have a peaceful, quiet 40th birthday. But then Deborah Clint came up to me about a month before, two months before, and said, can we surprise your wife? I said, you sure can. <laughs> and they did. They gave her a party and, and surprised her at a restaurant in town, and I loved it. Fast forward a year later, because she's a year, two months, and 23 days older than me. Very close in age. I was about to turn 40. I sat my kids down in the living room and said, guys, look at me. There will be a party. <laughs> Big party. I want cake. I want presents. 
Christmas should be all about the kids. I agree. But man, if I'm going to spend a thousand bucks on my kids' Christmas presents this year, daddy going to get some presents too. Somebody say amen right there. And one thing that's nice about your kids getting older is they gave me some nice presents now. I almost, you said, you guilt them into it? Sure I do. I've been feeding them all these years. I've been taking care of them all these years. So daddy expect a nice present. Even my baby girl's making some money right now. So you're going to buy your daddy a nice present this Christmas, aren't you? I expect, raise the bar, man. Right? Listen, our father doesn't have that attitude. He's a lot better father than I am. But I am saying this. Do you realize today, listen to me. Do you realize the noun part of present means to give God a present? And if you don't have, the Little Drummer Boy is one of my favorite Christmas songs. All he had to do was a little drum and play. And that's all he had to give the baby Jesus. And guess what? Boy, God was pleased with that. Sometimes all we have to do is stop complaining and criticizing and being critical, self-centered, and just say, you know what, God, I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for saving me. I want to thank you for my family. I want to thank you for the food I eat. I want to thank you for the house I live in. I want to thank you for the clothes I wear. I want to thank you for my job. I want to thank you for my country. I want to thank you for my president. I want to thank you for my governor. I want to thank you for my friends. I want to thank you for my mom and my dad and my brother and my sister. I want to thank you even for my pet dog and even my pet cat. I want to thank you for, for the water I drink and the air I breathe and this church that I go to. I want to thank you for my children. I want to thank you for the car I drive. I want to thank you and thank you and thank you. And most of all, start getting into who he is. I want to thank you for who you are. You are God. You are Lord. You are King. You are Redeemer. You are the kinsman Redeemer. You are the darling Son of God. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the, you are the, the, the lily of the valley. You are my everything. You've redeemed me. Boy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Jesus says, you're not a stranger anymore. I know you well. I will never, never in, a, in 10 lifetimes ever be as good to him as he's been to me in one day. But did you know your heavenly father loves to hear you say, thank you. Sometimes it's this. It's getting down and just humbling yourself and saying, God, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm always afraid to do that because sometimes five people walk out while I do that, but anyway, you ought to do that today. Thank you. So it starts with being present, adjective. Then it's present, verb. Then it's I have a present for you, the noun. When you've gotten to those three parts, you've gotten to those three levels, if you will, gets pretty sweet. Heads your bowed eyes are closed. Thanks for listening so well.
Your life is in distress. You've prayed the prayer unspoken of God's heart. You've made requests. But the pain is still there deep inside, and it seems it always will be. An unseen injury you just can't hide. Friend, listen closely to me. God is there. He's listening in the night. He's heard your prayer. And in time, he'll make things right. He'll see you through. When you just can't see the light, he will not depart. So just trust to his heart and stay close by his side. I speak from experience. I know what pain feels like. I've traveled long roads. In a dark and lonely night, and I've cried to God with bitter. It seemed all my tears were gone. But as I look back on the hardest years, I find he's been there all along. God was there. He was listening in the night. He heard my prayer. And in time he made things right. He saw me through. When I could not see the light, he would not depart. Now I trust to his heart and stay close by his side. Soon the morning will be breaking. Clouds of doubt will drift away. The sorrow and the aching will dispel in glorious day. But if storms should threaten once again as they did in times before, as the thunder rolls and the rains descend, Remind yourself once more, God will be there. He'll be listening in the night. He'll hear your prayer. And again, he'll make things right. He'll still see you through. When you just can't see the light, he will not depart. So just trust to his heart and stay close by his side. He'll never depart, always trust to his heart, and stay close by his side.